Hello and welcome to episode one, two, three of the Atlanta Man podcast. I am your host, Ryan Rogers, and I'm joined with my friend Evan on a Monday night. Evan, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Doing well. We we got some uh you know, some stuff to talk about with the Falcons. Um they they, they kind of sucked. And um yeah, we'll we'll kind of see what their outlook looks like from here. But um yeah, the Hawks look good. Yeah, I mean, you know, a little bit of a mixed bag this episode, but um doing well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Very positive week for the Hawks and uh, not a lot of positives for the Falcons. So we can hop into this, whatever you want to call this game, between the Vikings and the Falcons, a uh, quarterback masterclass on paper, as it was Jaron Hall versus Taylor Heineke coming into the game. Um, Jaron Hall gets knocked out early in his first career start. And uh, Josh Dobbs, who got traded on Tuesday to the Vikings, enters and he plays the rest of the game. And, um, you know, things were actually looking pretty good early. Uh, Falcons jumped out in front three to nothing with a young Kwaku 52-yarder. Uh, Vikings tied it up. But uh, the next three scores were the Falcons. They get a safety on Josh Dobbs' first possession. Um, they get a field goal their next possession. And then another field goal in their next possession uh, after another turnover from uh, Josh Dobbs. And his, his first two drives, he, you know, had two pretty bad plays. Um, you know, I think he had two fumbles and the safety in this game. All of them were early on. Uh, let me make sure I'm correct about that. Um, but, yeah, early on, uh, it was all Falcons. And, uh, yeah, he did lose two fumbles. So um, things were looking good. It was actually 11-3 to three, uh, <laughs> after that. So, um, what were your thoughts? You know, Jaron Hall going down with a concussion after getting lit up, and uh, Josh Dobbs, who has just barely been with the Vikings organization coming in and looking out of sorts. Yeah, uh, super interesting. You know, we didn't really know what to expect with Hall, um, and it, it, this being his like first start. Um, so you know, seeing him get knocked out of the game early was, um, you know, kind of promising for the Falcons. I, I'd, I'd say because Josh Dobbs, like you said, just got in the building. Uh, he was on the sidelines, like getting familiar with, uh, you know, the center, like how to snap the ball, his cadence and stuff like that. So, um, you know, feeling pretty good, like at this point, like 11 three, we've already got a safety. Um, you know, you would like to convert that, um, you know, a couple of those into touchdowns, a couple of those field goals, but, you know, they just, they just didn't happen. So, um, you know, at this point, you're feeling pretty good. You think the defense will step up even more. Um, and, and, you know, kind of hoping for a runaway game here. I mean, every game this year has been close and this kind of felt like the start of a, of a game where we could, you know, get a lead, rely on the run game and, and, you know, kind of just beat the clock and the Vikings down. But um, yeah, feeling pretty good at this point. Yeah. And I mean, you know, they got, they got the safety, um, which was good, but, you know, Minnesota on their first fumble, Atlanta set up at, um, the Minnesota 26 and they go four and out negative four yards, you know, and that includes having the ball at the one yard line. So, I mean, that's, um, that's just pretty bad. They also had a drive in the second half where they went uh, four plays, negative six yards after a fumble. So after the two fumble recoveries, they ran eight plays and got negative 10 yards. Mm. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's hard to do. <laughs> 
that is hard to do. Um, especially like you're you're in great field position. You know, they got points out of both drives because, you know, there were fumbles. But, you know, the offense was just so bad at times. Uh, the defense looked great early, um, you know, getting uh, these safeties and turnovers. But uh, Josh Dobbs settled in, and that was not good for the Falcons. Um, you know, right before halftime, they get a touchdown to make it 11 to 10. Um, like I said, Falcons get another field goal after a fumble, make it 14 to 10. But then Minnesota kicks another field goal. You know, this this game had a ton of scoring. There were just tiny scores, just safeties and field goals. Um, and then you know the Falcons had their biggest play of the game, Johnny Smith, a 60-yard screen pass for a touchdown. Um, Johnny Smith just kind of had a crazy good year for what we were expecting from him, honestly, which is a kind of a problem in itself when you have Kyle Pitts on the team. But uh, you know, I don't want to shit on Johnny Smith for doing his job, but yeah, that was a great play. He actually slipped, uh, like kind of running into the tunnel, which that was funny too. But after that, um, things really went downhill. Josh Dobbs um, has a huge 18 yard run for a touchdown. They get the two point conversion to tie the game, kick a field goal to go up. Falcons do get a Tyler Algier five yard touchdown with two minutes left to go up, but uh, they give up an 11 play 75 yard drive. And, um, Josh Dobbs to Brandon Powell. He does it again. He was really good in the second half. You got to give him some credit. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just stop here. We'll save the final drive uh, for a second just to talk about what happened there. But, yeah, well, like, what were your thoughts on the second half and how things went down? Because, you know, Dobbs, I mean, he looked good, man. I do want to I do want to give him credit because he was in a very tough situation. And he had a horrible start and really recovered very well. So I do want to give him some props. But, on the other hand, the Falcons' defense just really fell apart in the second half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Josh Dobbs played phenomenal. I mean, just getting in the building, doesn't even know, you know, half the staff, I'm sure, um, and let alone, you know, any plays, any, you know, terminology. He just – he was kind of stuck in there and, and forced to play when Hall went down. So, you know, big credit to him. I mean, he played great. But, um, you know, he really beat us with his legs, like a lot of busted plays. He had seven carries for 66 yards with a touchdown. Um, so, you know, he was able to extend plays – um, you know, when we had pressure on him and, and roll out and uh, pick up first downs, um, you know, I said this during the game, but the the Falcons were not game planning for Josh Dobbs. And, and that showed like there was there was not a lot of, uh, you know, QB spot QB spy, like with the linebacker, like he was just at will um, once he got past the initial you know pass rush. Um, so, yeah, credit to him, man. And uh, yeah, the Dobbs effect, he, he really owned us in that second half. The Dobbs effect, yeah, that was uh, the signature call for. Um, I forgot who the announcer was, whoever it was. Uh, but yeah, he, he kept dropping that one. Um, let's get into the final drive where the Falcons did have a chance to go and uh, at least tie the game with a field goal. Um, you know, Koo was money in this game, so they get it anywhere close, they're probably uh, have a good chance to tie it. And here's how the sequence goes: twenty-two seconds left, ball to twenty-five. You know, so you need what? Uh, 35, 40 yards to give yourself a chance for a bomb of a field goal, and that's just minimum. Um, they go short pass to the left to Johnny Smith for nine yards. He doesn't get out of bounds. That burns off seven seconds, and you have to call a timeout. That's just one horrendous for the first play to do that. Um, if you're gonna, you know, try to get just a small chunk like ten yards, go to the sidelines. They didn't do that. Had to burn a timeout. 
Next pass, incomplete to Kadero Hodge. Actually went deep on that one, incomplete. Ten seconds left now. Short pass to the left to Bijan for seven yards at your own 34-yard line, but 10 seconds left in the game. Um, and then uh, he actually gets out of bounds, and then, you know, you're at your own 41. Heineke throws up a Hail Mary, doesn't he make it to the end zone, and the game is over. I, I don't For the life of me, I just don't understand. Yeah, I, I wish I could understand Arthur Smith's brain um, because, you know, it's it's amazing. The stuff he draws up and, and, and um, you know, that that was just one example. Um, you know, it, it really went bad after after the, the, the first play is really after it went bad. I mean, I understand the third down trying to just get in the Hail Mary range um, yeah. at that point. But, um, you know, with with 22 seconds left and a timeout, you have to take, you know, first down, you have to take a shot to the sideline uh, over 10 yards. I mean, it has to be at least a 20 yard attempt. And, um, you know, that one didn't work. And, and second down. It was a you know that I'm fine with that. You're supposed to do that on first down as well. Um, that way you give your ch- yourself another chance because you have a timeout. But um, yeah, just just really weird stuff. Like Arthur Smith, man, um, he's horrible. Like he he's been very bad. Like this is such an easy game. Um, you know, you're already playing a backup QB, and now you get uh, you know a guy that just flew in, and you can't even game plan against any of that. And and just a pathetic loss. I mean, this team is absolutely pathetic right now. There's just, I don't know. It, I don't know. Man. It's, 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 it's dark. Yeah, it, uh, it is for sure. Um, you know, they're four and five. They, they're still in it, which, you know, that's not any credit to them, but they are still in the division. The Saints are five and four now, so they're no longer in first place, but, you know, we talked about this yesterday. Um, they still play the Saints twice, and they could if they beat the Saints twice, they're probably going to win the division. Um, but I mean, yeah, just the box score. Of this game is kind of hilarious. I mean, Josh Dobbs was the leading rusher of the entire game on seven carries uh, for sixty-six yards. Um, Bijan only had eleven carries in this game, um, thirteen total touches. Tyler Algier had more carries than him. Uh, Johnny Smith was leading receiver, followed by Daryl Hodge and a team. I mean, Drake London was out for this game. We should mention that. We didn't mention that at the top, but there was no Drake London in this game. He was out with a groin injury. But, uh, you know, Pitts only had five targets. Um, Bijan had two catches on four targets for eight yards. It was just uh, not it. I mean, Heineke wasn't um, god-awful, but he wasn't good either. I mean, we kind of knew. Like, we know what we have in him. He's nothing crazy. He is starting next week, um, officially. Arthur Smith said that. And Kyler Murray is also starting for the Cardinals, so we have that confirmed. Um, but uh, he threw, uh, Heineke threw one bad pick in this one. It's just uh, – it's not good. It's not good stuff at all. And it, Back-to-back weeks now of uh, just tough, tough things. One stat I want to give you real quick. Um, you know, the Falcons selected Bijan number eight overall in the draft this year. He is 22nd in the entire league in carries. Tally Argier yeah. is 13th. Yeah, that's that's back-to-back weeks where Bijan had 11 carries. And, yeah. I mean, we were up most of this game. Like, I, I just don't understand it at all. Uh, you know, if, if, if that's your motto, like, get up and run the ball, do it with your best player. It, it's unbelievable. I mean, um, I think it was – was it the first drive? 
where um, Janu came in. Let me let me let me find this. It was one of the field goals. Um, golly, I can't find it. But it was it was first down inside the five. Um, they throw a screen pass to Janu. He gets down to the one, and you get a false start, and then you hand the ball off to Janu Smith on a jet sweep. Oh yeah, I forgot inside about the five yard line. And I just it's unbelievable Bijan's not getting the ball. And it hit dude, Arthur Smith's time is ticking. Like, this is the easiest schedule we're gonna have. And, you know, this is year three of Arthur Smith and um absolutely zero improvements this year. Like we are the same exact team we were last year. Um, you know, even after going getting some guys, you know, big splash in free agency on defense. I mean, I, I'm I'm about ready to to call Ryan Nilsson my head coach at this point. Yeah, I think uh, that's definitely something to consider. Even though the defense has been a little more shaky these past two games and they have been for most of the season, I still think he's done a pretty good job. Um, but, yeah, I mean, another one here. Johnny Smith has 34 catches on 42 targets, which is kind of insane. He's caught 34 of his 42 targets this year, 422 yards, Kyle Pitts, has 10 more targets, which is still uh not a ton more. He probably should have a lot more, but he has 32 catches for 389 yards. So for Johnny to be out gaining and out catching Kyle Pitts on top of Algier out carrying Bijan, it, it's just nuts, man. Um, you know, and I mean we know the quarterback situation hasn't been ideal, but that's just an indictment on the front office. You know, you spend three straight top 10 picks on skill position guys, and you just you don't have a quarterback to lead them. You know, you're, you're banking on Marcus Mariota and, you know, third round pick Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke journeyman quarterback. Like, you know, there's guys to be had, you know, we talked about this yesterday. They picked Marlon Davidson over Jalen hurts. You know, I still think at the time that might've been Dimitrov still with what draft was that 2020, that might've been Thomas Dimitrov. So I can't really blame Terry Fontenot for that, but you know, Lamar Jackson was available last off season. They said they had no interest you know, I'm not saying that it would have been easy to get Lamar, you know, but still just to say you have no interest is crazy. And, you know, looking at the quarterback class next year, there's not a ton of big names, you know, looks like they might have to draft a guy, but yeah, it's just, uh, they suck, they suck. And they can't just suck and us not worry about it. We're going to have to worry about it because they're in it. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we are in an impossible situation um, you know, very similar last year. Like, yeah, we were in it last year too. Yeah, you are at this point where, you know, tanking would benefit you. You know, get it, get a top ten pick, go out and get Drake May. You know, go out and get a you know a solid QB prospect and somebody that can really change the dynamic of the the franchise. But you are in a division race, and Arthur Smith is fighting for his job. Like, I think he understands if he doesn't make playoffs, he's gone. Um, and. Yeah. You know, he's not going to try to tank or anything like that. Like, he's here to win games. You know, this team wants to win games, but, you know, it's probably better for them to not win games. And you're in this division race that, you know, worst division in football, um, and you've you got two games against the Saints and then one more against the Panthers and the uh, the Bucks. So, you know, you're, you're right in the heart of it. You win those games, you're in. But it's, it's just an impossible situation right now. And, uh, yeah, I think – I think – you know, the only scenario that works out here is, you know, we make the playoffs here, you know, what, however far we go. And then you go out and trade for a QB, like 
a trade is really the only option at this point, I think. Yeah, I mean, there are some guys in the Falcons draft range, like Michael Penix, Bo Nix, but I just don't know. I mean, they could be good. You never know, but it's another rookie quarterback on a team that's kind of has a roster to win now. And uh, yeah, maybe a trade. Well, we will see, but you know, it sucks uh, for sure. Next week, uh, like I mentioned, it is the Cardinals. And I mean, if they lose next week, I know they're on the road and Kyler Murray is back, but it's his first game of the season. But um, the Cardinals are horrible. They're one and eight. They just got um, who they lose to. They're coming off a of bye week, actually, but their last game they lost twenty-seven to nothing to the Browns. So they they need to win. Um, I mean, maybe if Murray is insane, I can give him a pass. But it's his first game back. But we did just see Josh Dobbs, Cardinals legend, um, beat us with a pretty much him like not being prepared either. So I mean, I just I don't even know what to think. I don't know. I am going to keep my expectations very low, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but I mean, they should win. They should. Yeah. Uh, then after that's a bye week, and then it's the Saints. <laughs> so we're gonna see. And you can get into the door in Arizona for Falcons Cardinals for right now seventeen dollars. <laughs> I don't know. That still seems kind of high. Um, but yeah, that's the Falcons. Let's talk about the Hawks. They're a lot more fun right now. Um, right now the Hawks are four and two. They've won four in a row after the O and two start. We talked about the Minnesota game last week. We recorded uh right after it happened. Um, and they went out and got two more wins against the Wizards and the Pelicans. Um, they've won three straight now after being down by double digits. Uh, so maybe don't do that. But um, still, offense has been great. I mean, they've been great pretty much all season. I mean, they've scored 120 points in every game except the first game. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they had 130 against Washington, um, 123 against New Orleans on the road. Uh, just really impressive stuff. I mean, Trey is starting to find his groove. We know Murray's been playing well. Jalen Johnson, you know, his most improved player campaign is in full force now. He has been really good. Uh, they play in about uh, 10 minutes. They're going to tip off in Oklahoma City. Um, to start uh, this week, so like, what? How are you feeling, man? Because it's uh, they look they look pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they look excellent right now. They're they're, uh, you know, four straight wins and all four of them blowouts. Like they've won by a combined fifty eight points in the last four games. Um, so you'll take that plus minus all day long. And these are not cakewalk teams. Bucks, Timberwolves are solid. Uh, you know, Wizards is 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 probably the lower end of the spectrum. Um, yeah. But, you know, they got some offensive firepower. <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, the Pelicans, the young young and, you know, Zion Pelicans, like, solid team. And so, um, yeah, I mean, one one interesting note about the Hawks is every single game this year, you know, that they've won the last four, they have out-assisted their opponents. Like, they're just playing amazing team ball right now. Um, and, and, you know, Jalen Johnson gets some, some really good minutes. And... Um, yeah, they look really good. They're about to take on the um, where they about to take on Thunder right now. Thunder, so they're yeah. they're young and good. So you know, we'll see. They're they're three and three, but you know they're a little bit better than their record shows. But yeah, these teams are really getting in the swing of things now. You know, the first five or six games, you're you're kind of like, all right, they're just getting back in the groove. So um, you know, we'll start to see 
you know, how this how this keeps translating. Um, but yeah, they're playing playing really good ball right now. Yeah, I mean, really, everybody's playing well. It feels like. I mean, Sadiq's picked it up after a rough a rough start in his first couple of games. DeAndre Hunter continues to play well, which fingers crossed on him. But really encouraging stuff from him so far. Uh, the Wizards game. It was cool to see a couple of uh, old friends, Danilo Gallinari and Delon Wright. Uh, good to see those guys on the Wizards. Kind of sucks for them. Maybe there's maybe there's some trade deadline candidates right there. Hopefully for their sake. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a fun week. I mean, when the offense is cooking like this, it's just, you know, it's awesome. It's uh, kind of what we, like right now, we're looking at the high end of what we thought was possible. You know, this is obviously just a one four game stretch. Um, there's still a lot of season left, but, you know, if they keep this up to even, even 75, 80% of this, you know, it's a easily a top five offense, maybe even top three. So yeah. it's uh, it's been great. And it's been really like spread like spread out evenly. You know, Murray had the huge game against Minnesota, but in uh the Washington and New Orleans games, Murray was leading score with 24 and Trey was leading score with 22. Like it's been dispersed very evenly. They've been moving the ball around. It's very easy to do when you have, you know, obviously Trey, who is probably the best passer in the league, and DeJounte, who can move the ball around uh very well too. So uh yeah, it's just uh it's good stuff. Um the Thunder games are pretty interesting. Shea Gilgis Alexander is playing after he was listed as out yesterday. And then this morning he was questionable and now he's playing. <laughs> so that's kind of crazy. He is their best player. So that's a uh, significant uh, Chet Holmgren has been pretty good for them. Um, making his debut after missing all last year. You know, they got the young guys, Josh Giddy, uh, Lou Dort, Jalen Williams. You know, they're the thunder. They got, they're all young guys and they got every draft pick. For the next like 10 years so we'll see they're on the road should be a fun game thunder a fun team um you can get you can, dude you can go to the thunder hawks game for five bucks hey Jeez. let's go we can make yeah. it yeah um but uh yeah i don't uh i don't have a ton more to say i just i'm just happy happy for the hawks you know the past yeah. two years have been pretty miserable <laughs> and now they're this is a great start they're having yeah, I mean, excellent start. And, you know, a little bit about the rotation is um, they actually just sent down Kobe Bufkin and Muhammad Gay back to the G League. So, yeah, um, I think that's the right move. Like, those guys are not playing. I mean, yeah, they're you, not getting you, any minutes, yeah. real minutes. Yeah. Go down there and and, and just hoop and, and, you know, get your feet under you a little bit. Um, it's it's better than them sitting on the sideline. But, um, you know, we see the Hawks are – they're really just going with an eight-man rotation. Like um, – you know, they're, they're just sticking with their eight, you know, pulling Trey um, and, and DeJounte simultaneously sometimes. And, um, you know, if you take a look at the stat sheet, anybody over, you know, averaging over 20 minutes, which is eight players right now, they're all averaging double digit points. Like it is absolutely insane how much they are just spreading the ball around and, um, you know, really going with that eight man rotation. And it's really working. Like I love the Okongwu split minutes with Capella. Um, Jalen Johnson has just really opened up everything like defensively um, in transition, playing good defense. Um, you know, this is just exactly what you want to see. And, you know, really what we expected with Quinn Snyder, but I don't know, man, they're, they're exceeding my expectations right now. They are playing some, some really good ball. Yeah. Jalen Johnson, dude, averaging 14 and eight shooting 62% from the field, 40% from three. You know, it's not crazy volume, but still, you take that all day. Um, he's been great. 
And uh, like you said, him on defense, he's uh, got all the potential in the world there. And um, yeah, the A-man rotation, I'm fine with it, but it just sucks. Uh, not not a lot of A.J. Griffin. Um, Quinn, I just don't think Quinn loves A.J. Because <laughs> we saw when when he came and took over last year, like Jalen was getting like no minutes and A.J. was getting a bunch. And then when Nate got fired and Quinn came in, it flipped. So I think they mm-hmm. kind of had opposite preferences with those two guys. I don't know. Maybe AJ is trade bait at this point. I mean, I'm not giving up on it by any means, but um, you know, if you're not going to use them and you know, you want to get some reinforcements, that's a that's a pretty big chip. But I would love to see him play some more. I mean, I, I like AJ Griffin a lot. I wish they would play him more. That's kind of my only gripe. But you know, it's hard to have any gripes with Quinn in the rotation when the offense is playing like this. So I'm not yeah. gonna. I'm not gonna go too hard on that. I just like AJ. I'd like to see him play more. So that's kind of just like a personal thing. Um, yeah, and, and and like one thing that's really, um, you know, what what it's gonna take for AJ to get more more minutes at this point is really just an injury. Like Bogey would have to go down. Yeah, Ray would have to go down. Like he he's he's not really seeing the floor, and it sucks. But you know, you know, he when he's in there averaging nine minutes a game, he's gonna be shooting ball. And um, yeah, it's a good depth piece if someone does get hurt. Like you know, you can shoot. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, his defense still questionable. He's still a young guy, but um, still, uh, well, we'll we'll see about him. It's still early. They still got some kinks to work out, uh, for sure. So, yeah, it, it did just it was just weird though. One, one last thing on that rotation, they um, after the Pelicans game kind of got out of hand, they didn't even bring him in. They brought in uh Garrison Matthews, Gary Bird. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just that was just uh thought i had but uh yeah go hawks um see who do we got all this week thunder today uh, on thursday it's the magic and then saturday against the heat so um yeah interesting schedule i don't even the magic have been pretty good actually they're four and two they've beaten the lakers um but that's their only really good win but they blew out the lakers by 19 so We'll see about them. They got young talent. Um, and then the Heat is the Heat. We know what they are. So, yeah. You got any final thoughts on the Hawks before we uh, get into the first, uh, not trade deadline, offseason news with the Braves? I do not. Let's get to it. Yeah, Braves, this was a uh, big day for all teams on uh, the baseball the baseball calendar as – um. This was the day you had to pick up all your team options or player options had to be accepted or declined. First day of official free agency also. Um, so the Braves had to make a plethora of decisions on, let's see how many guys is it, four guys. Uh, Charlie Morton, Colin McHugh, Kirby Yates, and Eddie Rosario. One of them is coming back. Three of them are not, at least right now. They could circle back and re-sign them, but Charlie Morton, his $20 million option was picked up. Uh, they declined Eddie Rosario's $9 million option, and they declined Colin McHugh and Kirby Yates' options. They, they were both around $4 million. Um, yeah, the one interesting about Morton, it was reported, and Brad Hand, by the way. Yeah, throwing Brad Hand, his $7 million, uh, that was a no-brainer to decline that. Um, but they said it was a report that it was, the Braves really had a tough decision with the Morton option. And they really molded over it. They weren't sure if they were going to pick it up. And, um, you know, there were some questions if he was going to retire or not, but he's back for $20 million next year. And um, the other big one is Eddie. He is uh, not expected to be back. Left field is a vacancy now for the Braves and probably the most interesting spot on the roster to get filled this offseason. Probably another starting pitcher. 
is uh, just as interesting, but you know, there's a lot of le- interesting left field options. So what do you think about all four of these? You got any, uh, do you really wish they would have brought McHugh back? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going to lose sleep over McHugh at all. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think Juan Soto is a Atlanta brave is, is oh, what jump to. right in. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, I can talk a little bit about the Morton situation. Um, yeah. I honestly thought he was going to retire, you know, with an injury, I, I I'm sure he has a sour taste in his mouth that did not end the way he wanted to. So, um, let's run it back. I mean, 20 million is completely fine with me after the year. He just had a three six four ERA, uh, 10.1 strikeouts per nine. Um, you know, home runs were down, like strikeouts were up, like or strikeouts were down a little bit just because he you know missed a little bit of time. But um, I'm I'm completely fine with it. I think 20 million is is fine. Um. And and that's exactly why we did uh, what we did last year, and 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 just you know extended them one year, and then threw on the you know qualifying offer at the end, like uh, the option. I'm I'm completely fine with it. Um, yeah. What what are your thoughts on Charlie Morton? Um, I'm fine with it too. Uh, you know, according to Fangraphs, they have this um dollar per war uh stat, I guess is what you call it, and according to them, he was worth twenty one point six million last year. So, you know, getting him for 20 million, perfectly fine. Um, the one risky thing is he is going to be 40. And I guess when you're 40, you can just give out at any time. But, you know, I'm not really expecting, expecting him to. His stuff really didn't decline all that much last year at all. So, you know, he was still striking guys out at a pretty good rate. Um, you know, like you said, the home runs were down. That was uh, a huge thing. And, um, yeah, he was he was good last year. You know, it sucks he got hurt. And you're probably right. That probably has something to do with it, him not being able to make that playoff start. You know, his if he would have retired his last playoff start with him getting rocked in Philly last year in 2022. So he probably wants to get one more. And um, you know, when you're the Braves, I feel like I was kind of shocked to see them thinking about this this much that uh they might decline this, you know, with Wright being hurt and you know, the only two sure things the rotation are Freed and Strider. Yeah, and I thought it was a, if he wasn't going to retire, I thought it was a no brainer. But, you know, they they made the decision. Um, I still think they definitely need another starter um, for depth, you know, because you can't. I mean, next October, you cannot have what happened this year happen where you have to have a Bryce Elder type start game three. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, there's plenty of guys out there. There's a ton of starting pitchers. I mean, Sonny Gray, Marcus Stroman. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, you know, I could Eduardo Rodriguez. There's a ton of guys, so I think the Braves will snag one of them. And uh, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with it. Charlie's back, 40 years old, kind of crazy. You know, when we signed Morton after the 2020 season. I think we all kind of thought maybe he was just there for 2021, and now he's about to be on his fourth year with the Braves again. It's kind of nuts. Uh, kind of turned yeah. into a four year deal, you know, if you attach all his contracts together. Um, but it's worked out. I mean, he really he was he was kind of bad in 2022, but you know, 2021 he was really good. He was solid last year. So it's worked out pretty well for the Braves. Yeah. I th- I think with you know a lot of question marks in the rotation, I think um I'm completely fine with this, but this does not stop the Braves from going out and getting the top three starter in the rotation. I mean, if you have Morton yeah. on the back end, if you got Morton needs to be the four. Yeah, the if, four. You, if you got yeah. Morton as your four. Um and, and Elder as your five and you go out and get a top three like completely fine like that rotation is is solid yeah like, with that with that lineup I'm 
I'm completely fine with it. Um, as far as Eddie Rosario, um, this one was a bit of a surprise, but you know, he's owed a lot of money. Um, you know, the defense was pretty good last year. Um, the hitting was up because he could probably see a little better, but um, you know, I'm 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 not too crazy. Like, I don't I don't feel, you know, uh, one way or the other really. I I think it's completely fine if you go out and get somebody. Now, if you wait and linger like last year and and nobody has a clue what you're doing, like we did at shortstop, um, I'd be, I'd be a little nervous, um, just because you know yeah. Eddie was a, was a staple in the lineup, you know, um, and you know I'll, I'll always remember him. He's a uh, NLCS World Series legend. Like I I will forever love Eddie Rosario and what he did. He was all, he was really awesome. Yes, I am eternally grateful for Eddie if this is it. Um, I think there is always a chance of you know the Braves swing and miss on other guys, and it's January, and Eddie's still out there. They might reunite for less money. That's on the table. Uh, same thing with uh, Yates and McHugh, too, I guess. But, you know, Eddie Eddie was – I mean, he was good. Like, he, like I, I guess kind of compared to 2022 of how bad he was, you know, it was just such an upgrade. But I mean, I was looking at his dollar value. He was worth ten million last year, almost eleven million. He made nine million, so that was nice. But it is funny in uh twenty twenty two, he was worth negative nine million dollars, <laughs> <laughs> and he made nine million. So that's a negative eighteen mil hole he dug in twenty twenty two. That's kind of crazy, but he was good last year. And um, if this is it, hopefully you can uh, latch on somewhere and uh, just be Eddie Rosario. You know you. You know what he is. He is going to be out of his mind for two weeks, and then the next two weeks he will not do anything. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know the defense has kind of became a meme, but you know he graded out well this year. He didn't win the Gold Glove, and I kind of think he should should have over Ian Happ because Ian Happ's numbers were horrible. I don't I didn't watch a ton of Ian Happ defense this year, so I can't talk that much. But Eddie's numbers were better. <laughs> I mean, I think that was just hilarious, <laughs> even in the conversation. Like, what? Yeah. I mean, the left field defense, it is just kind of where you throw your worst defender. So that's kind of what you get. But, uh, yeah, um, I will miss Eddie if he's gone. He is the epitome of a Braves legend. You know, the Braves do not win the World Series without Ed Rosario at all. He single-handedly beat the Dodgers. That, I mean, I will never forget that for as long as I live. I know we were both there game six of the – 2021 NLCS when he hit that home run. I will never forget that the rest of my life. So love Eddie Rosario. I have an Eddie Rosario jersey right there on my clothing rack, and I will yeah. never get rid of it. So shout out to Eddie. All right. Um, you know, McHugh and Yates, I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, Yates <laughs> was pretty good. So I wouldn't have been shocked if they brought him back. But, you know, if you want to save the $4 million and put it somewhere else, I'm perfectly fine with that. McHugh was bad. He might retire too. I mean, he's pretty old, but I'm perfectly fine with that. He might two. be a. Uh, I, I think McHugh might transition into like a Bally Sports analyst and just retire. I can see, I can see that. Yeah, I can see him on the the pregame, postgame shows. I can see that for sure. Um, he might play somewhere else. He is an Atlanta guy, so he might be like, "Hey, if I'm not playing for the Braves, I'm not playing anymore." So he might just call it quits. I think Yates will probably catch us somewhere. The Braves. I mean, the Braves could resign both of these guys for less money we will see that's definitely possible i mean this is the first day of the offseason so everything's on the table um what else we got uh joe jimenez he's back he got a he got a real contract uh three years 26 mil he was a free agent so they bring back pierce johnson 
and Joe Jimenez. Um, Joe Jimenez was pretty good. They kind of used him weird. Uh, it seemed like they didn't trust him a ton, but you know he was good. So I'll I'll take it. That's pretty. I mean, it's it's a lot, kind of a lot of money for a reliever, but it's nothing crazy. Um, but eight million a year, it's nothing. Uh, nothing I'm worried about. The Braves, they have a lot of money to spend, even though they not they're not going to spend it. I they print money over there, so I, I'm not really too worried about that. And um, what else we got? They're announcing all the finalists. Ronald Acuna is a finalist for the MVP. Shocking. Along with Mookie and Freddie, Brian Snitker is a finalist for Manager of the Year. He's not going to win it. Skip Schumacher will definitely win for getting the Marlins to the playoffs. Um, and what else we got? Oh, Ronald Acuna wants Juan Soto to be on the team. That yeah. And listen, I think he's going to get traded. Um, I don't know if you saw this Padre stuff that's going on. He or not he they had to take out a fifty million dollar loan in September to help pay for the roster, which is just insane for an MLB team to do. They're trying to get rid of money because they just don't have it. You know, they just declined a uh, two-year option for Michael Waka. It was 16 mil a year, which is real money, but he's been like really good the past two years. And like, they've, they're just trying to shed money and uh, they can't really anywhere else because all their other contracts are for 10 years, Machado, Bogarts, Tatis, even you, Darvish, just got a six-year deal, so they can't trade none of those guys. Soto's going to be making like 25 mil, so they might want to shed him if they can't afford him. And if you're the Braves, go do it. I mean, it's one year. You don't have to sell your entire farm system. I know it's easy to say every team's going to be involved if Juan Soto is available, but, I mean, he's a perfect fit. We need a left fielder. We need another lefty. He's a top five hitter in baseball. <laughs> so he's 25 yeah. years old. And Ronald Acuna loves him. They're friends already. I mean, do it. Do it. Yeah. I, I, I can't <laughs> imagine. I can't imagine that lineup last year with Juan Soto batting fourth, like yeah. or fifth or whatever. I mean, I don't care. He's a plug in the middle of the lineup. Like he's going to get on base at an astronomical rate. And yeah. more guys on base, I mean, that would be stupid. It would absolutely be silly, and they should 100% do it. Go try it out. Um, it, it's it might take the whole farm. Um, I don't think it know. will though, man. It's only one year, so it's like, only one year. Like it's gonna like you're gonna have to give up a significant amount, but it's not gonna be like when he got traded from the Nationals. All the Padres had to give up like C.J. Abrams and uh, James Wood and Mackenzie Gore. Like it's not gonna be that. Like it's probably like Von Grissom and. You know, a couple other solid prospects, but it's one year. You can't, you know, it's not going to be anything crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. but I'd say go, go, go trade for him. Um, make him sign a, a 10 year, $100 million contract and give you know, that is not going to give 1% to the Braves <laughs> Foundation. <laughs> he already, he's already declined $400 million from the Nationals. So I don't know about the, I mean, if they want to do that, I'm fine with that too. But, he is not going to take a discount. I'm pretty confident. <laughs> but even if it is just one year, I don't care. Like the Braves have never like made the move like that to where it's just the oh my god, like the holy shit move. You know, yeah. I mean Matt Olson was that, but he was just replacing Freddie. So it was kind of a even swap. Like it was like when the Dodgers traded for Mookie Betts, like that was like, oh my God. Like yeah. we, we the Braves have never had that. This would be that, no doubt. So um yeah, I mean there's a there's a ton of other um options for left field. Uh 
like Teoscar Hernandez, Cody Bellinger, um, a few other guys. Can't remember off the top of my head, but you know, there's options. And you know, it's not it, you mentioned uh, like the shortstop situation last year of how they just went with Arcia and everybody was kind of confused. They can't do that because they have literally nobody in the entire organization that is an MLB left fielder. <laughs> nobody. About uh, Gold Glove Marcelo Zuna. Oh Lord, I guess <laughs> no. technically, technically yes, but no. His role is to hit. <laughs> you need a left fielder. He is, yeah. So that, yeah, that's the thing. They have to get somebody, unless they finally decide that Vaughn can play left field or something. I don't know, which I don't think they're going to do because they haven't done it yet. So, yeah, interesting offseason. Got a ton, ton of time for the hot stove to warm up, and the Braves are going to be busy. They already are busy. I mean, they've already made, you know, three pretty big moves with Morton. Johnson and uh, Joe Jimenez. So, yeah, we will see what happens. Uh, any thoughts on the Braves before we move on to our awards? I do not. It, it is never too early to start talking about some baseball. I'll say that. Like, soft yeah. season's going to be fun. World Series already wrapped up. Um, you know, these awards are about to get announced. I, I have a feeling who's going to win it. Um, things are going to get fun. And, you know, I love I love making up these trade scenarios and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just keep your eyes peeled, notifications on. We'll see what happens, man. I, I think the Braves definitely have to make a couple moves. Uh, you know, starting pitching, left field. It's gonna be it's gonna be super interesting. But I like what they're doing. Uh, going ahead, going ahead and locking up some guys, re-signing people, um, just getting ahead of things. It, it feels pretty good. Yep, we will. Uh, we will see. We'll see. There's a lot to be done. So. All right, let's move on to our awards segment of the episode. I think, yeah, I got first dibs this week um, for my Jock Peterson. And uh, let me see what we're working with. Probably not a Falcon. Probably not <laughs> a Falcon. Going to go with a Hawk. Yeah, definitely going to go with a Hawk. I'm not going with the actual player. I'm going to go with a coach. It's just Quinn Snyder. I'm going to give it to him. Got this offense whipped into shape. They're just, you know, they're playing exactly how I want them to play. And I think he's a huge part of that. Obviously, the players got to go out and do what they got to do. And they've been doing it. But I think he's just got these guys, you know, not only from like an X's and O standpoint of just being a better coach and just a better offensive mind. I think he's got these guys bought in on what they can be just mentally, you know, instilling confidence within them. And I mean, you could, it's like with a guy like DeAndre Hunter, a guy that just seems to have lacked confidence at points in his career. He's just playing way more loose, it feels like, you know, playing more aggressive um, and just uh, kind of being himself out there. Same with like Jalen, you know, really everybody. Everybody just seems to be playing well. And I think a huge part of that is Mr. Quinn Snyder. So I'm going to give it to him. I believe that's his first ever Jock Pearson of the Week. So shout out to Quinn Snyder, man. <laughs> yeah, great pick. I mean, um, they're playing just amazing team basketball right now uh no one seems very selfish like you said they're they're super bought in um into the system into the culture um it, it's really awesome to see like it, it really is it seems like everybody likes him the locker room seems like a, a you know really good place um to be um and 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 yeah i think i think that's a great pick like um i, I think it's just pretty crazy trey's averaging 21 points a game but now we've won four straight and our offense looks as good as it's ever looked. Like, if, if that's what it takes, if, if Trey's numbers have to come down 
and you know he has to be more of a you know a decoy like do it like whatever it takes um you know to get to get the dub in, in, in the win column and and i think that's what they're doing um yeah it, it's not just one guy it's everybody so excellent pick i think he's doing a, a great job so far yes i agree 100% 100% my jock peterson of the week is is probably the lone shining star in the Falcons game, uh, you know, offensively. I'm gonna give it to Johnny Smith. He, I considered um, him. I considered him. <laughs> yeah, he he's the second leading receiver on the Falcons. I think you said with uh, just under under Drake London with 422 yards, uh, two touchdowns that ties the team high. Um, yeah, and he broke off for a you know 60 yard touchdown, which was really good to see. Um, I didn't know he was that fast, to be honest. I didn't know it. Yeah, he got loose. He he created some separation. He was he was moving. So yeah. yeah. It's a big yeah. dude, a lot of weight. <laughs> Six three, two fifty, moving that quick is impressive. <laughs> but uh yeah, he has he has been good. Hundred yard game in this one. Um you know, like it, it does suck for him because his success is being used as a weapon against the team. Yes. <laughs> It's not Kyle Pitts doing this, which I mean, it does suck for him. But he, I mean, he's, he's just having a really nice year. You know, we liked when uh, they went out and made that trade with the Patriots to get him. I think it was just a seventh round pick, and you know, he's you know been the second most productive receiver. It's kind of crazy, but um, you know, kind of a huge year for him. I don't know what his contract situation is, but it's got to be good for his bank account. Him playing like this. So shout out to Johnny Smith. A show, a show. Yeah. All right. Time for the Vic Beasley of the week. Uh, speaking of Vic Beasley, we did see the Germany game. Um, there were Falcons fans, and I, I'm pretty sure they're all paid actors, but one of them was wearing a Vic Beasley jersey, and that was just unreal. And that was, I mean, that's just a dead giveaway that they are paying those people to put on uniforms and watch the game. But um, for my Vic. Beasley of the week going to give it to Arthur Smith. I'm giving both of my awards to head coaches. He just sucks, man. You know, and he doesn't, he actually, let me take that back. He doesn't completely suck because he does have moments of good play calling. Like he had that really nice pitch play to the Bijan on third and three yesterday to get a first down. And he has his moments, but the inconsistencies are just so frustrating that final drive was just so bad, that first play. And you just like, kind of handicapped yourself for the rest of the drive, really, by doing that. Um, and just throughout the game, man, just some of the decisions he makes, you know, some of the personnel groups he uses on the field, it's just – it's the worst. And, you know, I think for the first time in his tenure as the coach, he is officially, officially on the hot seat. So I'm going to give it to him. Um, I guess one thing, he didn't have quite as sassy as a, of a press conference – as he usually does, because if he would have done that, he would have been a layup. But uh, <laughs> yeah, giving it to Arthur Smith. Yeah, I I respect the fact that Arthur Smith is so unpredictable, but he's so bad at being unpredictable. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, he doesn't give the ball to Bijan. That's very unpredictable. But he gives a jet sweep to John U. Smith on the one yard line. He like. It is unbelievable, and in the communication, like the false start penalties, the um, you know the false start penalties after timeouts, 
the the clock yeah. management issues, timeout some, usage, some delay games, like it's just yeah, like throwing the ball five yards when you need sixty, uh, to tie the game with a field goal. What are we yeah. doing? Personnel, like I don't understand it. Um, I am going to double down on my Vic Beasley of the week. Arthur Smith is getting it, and um, uh, that's history. That's the first time that's happened. I think. It might be the first and only time, unless we lose <laughs> next to the Cardinals. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doubling down on the Vic Beasley. Um, you know, I was going to pick another one that, that, you know, but but no, he deserves he, de- he deserves two Vic Beasleys this week. And, um, yeah, Grandma is uh, – she's locked in the cage right now, and she's she's not getting <laughs> out. She's not getting out until Arthur Smith is fired. Oh Lord, she might be in there for a while because <laughs> I ain't gonna start anytime soon. Um, but yeah, it uh, yeah, it's bad. I mean, when you talk about the Johnny Smith jet sweep, was it last week that he ran the the Johnny um pass play, mm-hmm. and the intended receiver was Michael Pruitt, while Kyle Pitts blocked for them. <laughs> Every time we get inside the eight yard line, hand the ball off to Bijan four times in a row. Uh, Dude, I would, I I might go back and find every inside the five guard line play and make a compilation because it's got to be just straight comedy. <laughs> Some of the stuff that's happened, <laughs> it has it, been it ridiculous. Would, that would go viral. I'm telling you right now, that would go absolutely. I, viral. Yeah, I need to go and dig that up because yeah, there's just been some hilarious, hilarious plays being written inside the five yard line this year. That's a good video idea. I might have to do that. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, Arthur Smith, congratulations on being the first ever two-time Vic Beasley within a five-minute span. You know, we talked about Desmond Ritter getting it a lot. He never got it twice one episode, so, uh, gosh. Old Art, old Art Smith. He did shave his mustache today, so maybe that's going to turn the tide. Golly, dude. Yeah. He, he just he needs to buzz his head. He needs to buzz. He needs, just needs to go. Um on just bald and and see what happens i I mean yeah he could i don't know if you ever heard the story of um joe madden when he was the manager of the angels a couple years ago and uh the angels had lost they're like a losing streak and he uh was going to show up to the clubhouse with a mohawk but before he could get to the clubhouse the general manager came to his house and fired him and he had a mohawk (laughs) Which is one of the more funny and sad stories I've ever heard in my life. Like he was ready. He's like, dude, we're gonna have Mohawks. I hope like some guys join me. But he didn't even get to the ballpark. That's sad. And it just made me remind me of like Arthur Smith shaved his head and you know, like Arthur Blank shut up at his house, like, yeah, you're fired. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, over the over the, the, the weekend, Halloween, um, I saw a video of Arthur Smith's like three year old child dressed up as his dad, Arthur Smith, and Oh. It, it it really ticked me off. Like the fact that this three year old is is called defects. It, yeah, it's God, dude. Like it's so frustrating. Um, and I think they're gonna I think they're gonna ride it out for the rest of the year. Yeah, it would have to get really bad for him to get fired this season. I think they would have to like completely follow the race for him to yeah. get fired end season. Which I mean, yeah. it could it could happen. But I mean, yeah. I, but at the same time, the schedule it might be too easy for that to actually happen. They can accidentally win a few more games. I think. 100%. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we can stop now because we could we could actually ramble forever about this. 
So, yeah. You got any other takes? Anything besides Arthur Smith and the Falcons? <laughs> I do not. I do not. All right. Well, I think we covered it all then. Um, Hawks playing right now. They are losing, but they're a slow starting team this year, so I'm not worried. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you made it this far listening, we really, really appreciate it, and we will see you in the next one. Thank you.